We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, more Nets news. A big trade happened today. How are we feeling about it? I literally spoke it into existence, Nick. <laughs> I am Confucius. <laughs> yeah, and that trade we're talking about is Kyrie Irving going to the Dallas Mavericks for Spencer Dinwiddie and Dory Finney-Smith, as well as a 2029 Dallas first-round pick and two second-round picks. Also, Markeith Morris went to Dallas as well. Jack, what was your initial reaction to all this when it went down? I mean, I was sort of relieved, I guess, is the sort of element that sort of stuck out in it, because I think the f- the first couple of quarters of that game last night against Washington, you could just see that the players were elsewhere. The organization was just in, in limbo. And now this provides a sense of somewhat stability. But that first round pick and the 2029 one, and apparently we'll get into the chatter around whether that gets moved and, and whether this trade is sort of incomplete. You know, I went on that spaces today to have a bit of a chat about it. And I think this trade is incomplete as we speak. Grading it personally right now, look, it's fine. Spencer Dewey, he's having a really good year. You know, he's been inconsistent at, at the same time. Dorian Finney-Smith is a very good defender. His three-point shooting has gone down a little bit. That 2029 first is a, is a nice one, you know, unprotected as well. And to get a few more assets in those second-round picks is also positive too. So I'd average, like, I'd give it a B grade from the net side of things. I don't really care what it is from the, the map side of things. But what were your feelings? Yeah, I, I was relieved. I think that nailed it, Jack. I think... Obviously, this week it's relief, but it's also a relief over the course of the last couple seasons with Kyrie Irving and all the drama that's come along with it. You know, Kyrie has been a joy to watch on the court, but there's just been this baggage off the court, some of it on him, some of it on other parties, whatever it is. The Nets can move on. You know, we'll touch the Kevin Durant portion of this a little bit later on. But overall, for the trade return, I thought it was very solid. It wasn't great and amazing, but it wasn't bad. You know, I think the most important thing is they did get that unprotected first. Now they could potentially move that in another deal. As you mentioned, maybe this is an incomplete trade and use that to gather maybe a fringe all-star, an all-star, somebody that can come in and help. Dory Finney-Smith gives you an upgrade. You know, he's a better defender than a couple guys the Nets have. You know, I'd say he's better than Royce O'Neal and right behind Nick Claxton and Kevin Durant. Spencer Dinwiddie, we're familiar with what he can do. He's improved his game in Dallas. And there's some aspects of his game that can help this Nets team create a little bit more balance. And also, I love the idea of now running lineups with having everyone over 6'5". You know, now there's potential to have a lot more switchability than you did with Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie obviously had 
issues at times defensively, but a lot of that was due to his size. I'm not saying Spencer's a great defender, but I think he can turn it up a notch in a system that Brooklyn has. Yeah, Kyrie's had pretty high moments of defense, you know, in the absence of Kevin Durant of late. And overall, you know, his his block rate, I think he's one of the, the league leaders in that department as as a guard. But I think Spencer, just because he's bigger, gives you a little bit more. So the Nets defense, which has been very good this year and, and something that has surprised us in, in a positive fashion, only got better with, with these two additions. Offensively, they lose a lot. And Spencer Dimity, I think, is going to be inconsistent. But he's having a career year from three. You know, I think he shoots something like 40-something percent. I've got the b-ball reference in front of me. Yeah, 40.5% on threes on 6.4 attempts, which is a career high rate as well. So if he can continue to be an absolute lights out marksman, I love his form as well. You know, he's obviously had a heap of career daggers, you know, when he's been leading the team when he was back in, in the black and white a couple of years ago. So look, then does he start probably, you know, and there's a lot of things to consider that, you know, in terms of analyzing the machinations of it and, you know, the other Nets a winner or a loser. I think that you can make a, a clear argument for both because the talent you're banking on the talent of Kyrie Irving, if you're Dallas, but the Nets are banking on the stability of a Spencer Dinwiddie and a Dorian Finney-Smith. You know, we sort of spoke about, you know, adding quality to the rotation. I spoke about the fact that I thought this would be the most likely deal. Yeah, I thought that, you know, I wasn't expecting Chris Paul, Mikhail Bridges, and then that's, you know, absolutely hitting it out of the park. I was like, you know what? I think it might be a, a predictable two-team deal. A lot of three-team, you know, scenarios and a creativity coming from from you and the like. But could now... Could still happen, it, too. Could still happen. You know, the, the, the deal isn't totally ratified. So we could see Dim Woody and Dorian Finney-Smith moves in, in with that first-round pick for... Zach Levine or, or whatever else it might be. We can have those discussions in a little bit because we've also heard around the uh, talk around the Raptors from Ian Begley as well. But if you were to... Are you one more happy? note just on Dinwiddie. He's shooting 44% on catch-and-shoot threes this year. I thought that was kind of an interesting stat. I think that's an area that he's probably improved on since being in Brooklyn and could be impactful given who he's playing next to in Kevin Durant. Yeah, and I think as well the availability and consistency that Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, he's always there. He's played, what, all 53 games for the Mavs this year, yeah. you know. That's one thing you sort of make the comparison point with, with Kyrie Irving now. Is he an all-star, all-NBA talent? No, but six-man-of-the-year sort of guy has been a fringe all-star back in his days, and you know, he's going to give you a sense of reliability and be a high-end starter, you know, a, a pretty good starter, as is Dwayne Finney-Smith. Two high-end starters for a superstar, you know, you probably downgrade a little bit, especially when it comes to postseason and basketball where the inconsistencies and the superstar talent matters a little bit more but that's when we sort of I'll probably be doing maybe hopefully a part two to this podcast where the Nets can acquire and add someone else uh, with that first round pick or the, the package overall that they do have to get someone else because I'm happy-ish for now, Nick, but I'm going to be unhappy if this is the deal overall. Because if I were Kevin Durant and I got you know lose my best guy, you know a guy that's been playing pretty bloody well in my absence and has played pretty bloody well despite not playing 12 games straight in his in Brooklyn Nets tenure, and you don't add a, make an addition like we didn't with Jeremy Grant last year, and that happens again part two. There's a reason why Kevin Durant wanted Sean Marks fired. I'd be on a similar bandwagon if the Nets were not to add more to this trade. Yeah, I think it's also important to note, too, is the Nets did a nice job of getting this trade done 
on Sunday. The deadline is now on Thursday. There's no excuse not to make another move. You know, you have ample time to go out there and get creative. And even I think if you can't land the the star guys, at least showcase that you're able to go out there and make some more upgrades to this team to show Kevin Durant you want to be competitive. And just one more note on Spencer Dinwiddie that I do like about his game and something he can add to the Nets is consistent rim pressure. You know, he's a guy that loves to drive the basketball and get to the rim. And Kyrie obviously was really well at that, better than Spencer, just didn't do it probably consistently enough or wasn't looking for contact, where I think Spencer at times is a foul baiter, but that's something that could benefit the Nets. Yeah, in his time, you know, as a net, we saw that a lot. It's sort of like Edmund Sumner, like for those that haven't been, you know, following Spencer Dinwiddie for, for a while, but with more craft, more creativity, better shot finishing, and you know, he's a pretty good free throw shooter. You know, what is he averaging this year? You know, three point nine attempts. He sort of averages anywhere between four and seven uh, across his career, and he averages high as seven back in his Nets days when in 2019-20 when he had uh, an incredible season leading the team. You know, that was his career season, and Right now, he's having maybe his second best season yeah. since that Brooklyn Nets season. So, you know, age 29, you know, probably this is the sort of prime for him, obviously, because he bounced around the league a lot. Um, but I, I'm, it's good to see Spencer back. And, you know, there were times where we almost had him on the Brooklyn buzz. You know, he, he promised us in the Twitter mentions a couple of years ago. Maybe we've got to try again. But it, it's good to have him back. He's a, a very good player. A little bit sad to sort of see Kyrie Irving go, given the the nature of it, and but also you know he wanted out, so good riddance. See, have, have fun in Dallas with with Luca. But we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I think that the Nets 
as of right now, aren't a better team, but they can be again, Nick. I'll keep harping on it if they add something else. Sean, 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 keep texting, keep calling, my guy. I hope you got the the call rates going and, and you're back in, in Brooklyn where you belong and, and making calls to all those GMs, whether it's Masai and everyone else in the league. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you have to be active. you got to see what you can go, do out there. Maybe it's a couple moves. Maybe it's a star player and then adding a backup center like a Mo Bamba or a Nas Reed or somebody like that. So there has to be some more activity from the Nets. But like you said, this potentially sets them up to be more well-rounded and have less weaknesses. Obviously, they lose from their number one skill was having two of the best shot makers in the entire NBA and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They'll still have one of those guys. And they have a budding guy in that category in Cam Thomas. We'll see what happens with him moving forward with the rest of the season. And there's potential to maybe add one or two guys that can help in that department as well. So there is positivity to this move. But at the end of the day, if you want to go and be a contender and compete for a championship with Kevin Durant, there has to be another big piece added to this roster. It doesn't have to be an all-star, but at the very least, it has to be a fringe all-star. Yeah, has to be a, a probably a better a better player than Dorian Finney-Smith and, yeah. and Spencer Dinwiddie. Has to be an upgrade of that. You need a a two A sort of guy because we've heard reports of, of Kevin Durant not being happy from the New York Daily News with Ben Simmons' form, and because you know if Ben Simmons isn't going to be the the number two guy given everything that he hasn't done of late, then you need someone else. You know, Zach Levine, Demar Derozan, Pascal Siakam, or, or, or any of those sort of guys. And I think you need to go in hard for them and you know give up every asset possible. You know, Joe, Seth, Cam, maybe uh, maybe Cam is that sort of guy because Cam and KD is have, have a pretty strong budding relationship. And after the forty four point performance last night, might be hard to put him in a package unless it is for a Pascal sort of Siakam yep. sort of dude. And uh, Zach Levine, maybe you don't put him in for, for that sort of deal because Zach Levine has had his inconsistencies and, and health issues as well. So Cam has plenty of talent, and and we chatted about that on on the recap pod. Listen to that one, guys. Just focusing on on him uh, as well as the the Washington Wizards game, but. Nick, what do you, do you have any more general thoughts about the, this this package before we maybe get to some, you know, other pursuits for the Nets and and other players and and people have responded to you with some pretty good ideas in relation to that. You know, I think that you've alluded to the Nets now have a TPE um, yeah. that, that they've generated from this trade as well. Yeah, they do. Uh, just one more note before we get to the TPE. This was an interesting tweet from Billy Reinhardt and something that sticks out. Uh, looking at the Nets' height and wingspan of notable Nets, Dinwiddie 6'5", 6'8", wingspan, Royce O'Neal 6'6", 6'9", wingspan, Dory Finney-Smith 6'7", 7-foot wingspan, Ben Simmons 6'10", 7-foot wingspan, Kevin Durant 6'10", not really, a 7'5", wingspan, Nick Claxton 6'11", 7'3", wingspan. That is a lot of length, and I think it just goes to show how good this team could potentially be defensively, and that's without this other addition that we're going to talk about in a little bit. But getting to that trade exception, I believe the one that would really really matter would end up being a 4.5 million, which it's not huge, but it's enough to potentially do something in the summer at a player, especially with the net situation, the contracts they might have, you know, moving forward, they might not necessarily have that wiggle room. Maybe they're able to use that to add, you know, just thinking off the top of my head, some of the lesser players that are around that salary, maybe like a cam reddish or a bones Highland, not saying this year, but in the summer, a player that's a second-round pick, a late first-round pick on one of those smaller contracts, you could use that, combine one of your second-round picks to bring in a flyer for somebody. But that's not really important for this season. No, but it still matters. You know, it, it yeah. still matters about the, the team overall. And, and I think that any... And look, we've seen that the Nets didn't use a TPE that they generated for Spencer Dimwitty in the trade when he went to Washington. So does it get used? You know, that's a discussion for another day. But I... I, I 
what are the names that have stuck out to you, Nick? And what are the, I guess it sort of relates to the trade package that we talked in return. And, and maybe we're going to have a Kyrie discussion, you know, towards the end of the pot about, you know, his tenure in Brooklyn and how he'll be remembered. But in terms of right now and, and acquiring someone else, what seems realistic? What seems fanciful? What is the dream? Yeah, I think right now we understand the Nets have essentially three first-round picks they can trade. You know, they can trade the 2027 Sixers first-round pick, top eight protected. They can trade one of their future first being 28 or 29, and they can trade this Mavericks 29 pick as well. So there is some avenues to be aggressive out there. Um, and obviously, we've discussed the contracts in the past. We don't really have to jump to that. Cam Thomas, as you mentioned, would be a guy that would make sense in the right move. You know, a Pascal Siakam would probably be the guy you're looking to move a Cam Thomas for. Or you maybe it's a, a move where you're acquiring like OG and an OB and Gary Trent or something along those lines. Zach Levine has been another name that's been brought up. DeMar DeRozan has caught a little bit of heat lately. And then obviously we know some of the lesser names that have been tied to the Nets. That would be a little bit less exciting being a Boyan Bogdanovich or a John Collins. But I think you start at the top and I think the number one place you're looking at is Toronto because you know that they need to make a move and they want to make a move and they're looking to gather assets and you can give them their asking price and bring in a player that can really help upgrade this team and add to the new strengths you have yeah it's just interesting because masai ujiri is one of the better masai ujiri (laughs) he's one of the better gms in the league he's right up there in terms of he's not going to let himself look silly in in a in a proposed deal and like what's he going to take joe harris cam thomas or those three first or whatever like he's going to want to make his team better or at least him his team better in the long term and obviously there's a lot of contract machinations happening up there so that maybe that's where you know the nets have the upper hand you know how they're going to be able to pay all their guys fred van vliet pascal siakam Scotty Barnes is going to get something near a max. And so I think that that could play into the Nets' hands, but given how their roster is constructed, you know, in the salary cap machinations right now, maybe Sean Marsh can do something there where, which could benefit him. And, and the Bulls are, they're, they're, they're half in, they're half out. You yep. know? And it's just like, how do they feel about Zach Levine? How is Zach Levine's you know, relationship with the front office and the rest of the roster? You know, what's DeMar DeRozan? How does he sort of feel? I know DeMar, DeMar and KD, you know, mid rangers all day, they're going to like dominate. I, 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 just as a guy who loves DeMar DeRozan as a, as a character and, and as a personality in the NBA what he's done for, for mental health awareness is, is awesome I'd, and you know a guy just a, an old head and you know he's just a, a shot maker galore and it'd be incredible to get him but uh, uh, who seems the most realistic Nick in, you know could you see the Nets getting DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Pascal Siakam or is it more likely that the Nets get a John Collins, a Gary Trent Jr. one of these sort of guys? Yeah, I think those guys are more attainable. You know, a, a Gary Trent, a John Collins, a Boyan Bogdanovich. But I think with this new first-round pick, the other guys become a real possibility. And that was really my main concern with this trade with Kyrie Irving. You knew they were going to be able to get good role players, but were they able to add another pick to their collection? And then the Nets added a first. They did add a couple seconds in there, too. That could just be a little sweetener on top of a deal. So. I think Toronto really does want to make a move. And as you mentioned, they're going to have to pay guys and guys are going to have to get paid sooner than later. You know, next year, Pascal will be expiring next year. OG will be expiring. Gary Trent's expiring this year. Fred Van Vliet's expiring this year. So it makes sense for them to just make that move going forward and go to that rebuild. And I think they're more willing to enter that rebuild rather than Chicago. Who's caught in that in between given they just made that move for Nicole Vucevic two seasons ago. So Pascal would be ideal because you're adding a player that's a top 20 guy, can take on a lot of different things, also maintains you being an elite defensive team. You know, OG helps you a lot defensively. Offensively, wouldn't be able to pick up 
the type of offensive workload that, you know, obviously Kyrie provided. Zach Levine provides you a lot offensively, does have the injury concern, defensively not good. Pretty similar thing with DeMar DeRozan, other than the fact that DeMar's more consistent, doesn't have the injury concern, but does lack the three-point shot and is getting up there in age. And I think hasn't been amazing in the postseason either. No, I would agree with all those sort of things you said. So it'll be intriguing to see how the Nets you know, come out of all of this, you know, in, in the next couple of days or whatever, how do they continue to improve going forward? But to finish off the pod, Nick, how do you think the, the Kyrie Irving tenure in Brooklyn, you know, the hometown kid coming back to, to with, with, with his guy, Kevin Durant, and now you know, the two questions are, that I want to sort of finish with is, how, sh- how should we, how, do you, how are you going to remember Kyrie Irving? And is Kevin Durant next? Because we're already hearing stuff around Phoenix and, you know, we're already hearing stuff around, you know, Kevin Durant not being happy with Ben Simmons. You know, we don't know. We heard Kevin Durant was surprised. We reported that and, and discussed that on our last pod. But the KD and Kyrie. <laughs> loves Dorian Finney-Smith, hopefully. Uh, but in, in saying that, how will Kyrie be remembered? And, you know, how confident are you around kept this package and maybe another guy keeping Kevin Durant in Brooklyn for some semblance of a, of a period? Yeah, I remember Kyrie for having some of the best performances in Brooklyn Nets history on the court, you know, just one of the most enjoyable players to watch the arguably the deepest bag in NBA history, but also one of the biggest headaches off the court, you know, it's just been consistent drama with him. And I think this situation that over the course of the last couple of weeks is a great summary of kind of what's going on with him. He's demanding that the Nets give him a four year max that no one else in the league is willing to give him and he doesn't get it and he demands a trade. And I think there's just a lack of accountability for his actions and his personal decisions. And yeah, Joe Sy and Sean Marks could be terrible at their jobs, but the same thing can be said about Kyrie in terms of his accountability and his reasoning in the situation. This whole trade demand thing that he just did really didn't make much sense at all. And it really didn't do much for him in terms of securing a bag this summer. So I think a lot of his decisions off the court can be short-sighted and emotional and that's not to say that he hasn't done a million great things off the court with the donations and the charity work he's done but he's an extremely frustrating player to have on your team yeah Kyrie Irving is a roller coaster and roller coasters <laughs> can be extreme amounts of fun but that can also make you a little bit ill so yeah. I think that's probably the best way to sort of describe Kyrie. I've, I've loved what he's done on the court and off the court, the philanthropic efforts that you alluded to. We could do a whole podcast about it, but then there's also some of the misgivings and the missteps that he's had along the way. In terms of Kevin Durant, Nick, I have no idea. I just yeah. hope that this these guys are hoopers and just buy in and, and, and go in at night after night and support Kevin Durant to give him the greatest amount of success this season and hopefully beyond. But the question mark is going to remain. Yeah, I think I feel not confident, but I feel okay about KD being here the rest of the season. You know, he's been on record of saying, you know, I don't want to demand a trade in season and mess things up. So we'll, we'll see what happens and how that all plays out. It'll be really nice when we actually get to hear from him. And just one more note on DFS. I was talking to one of my guys that's a Mavs fan, Joshua, and he said that DFS was one of Dory Finney Smith is one of his all time favorite Mavs. And he's going to be a player that the fans love in Brooklyn because he's an A plus teammate plays great defense clutch a reliable shooter, has timely offensive rebounds, and just does everything you want a role player to do. So there's some definitely excitement from the trade, but we won't really know what's going on until we hear from Kevin Durant. Simple as that. And I think Luca with him and him are really close as well. Yeah, yeah. And 
actually the Nets might be. I'll just make this one last note. The Nets could potentially be able to move a, a swap down the line as well. Would just be something they kind of keep in mind for another pick. But Jack, as you said, um, a lot to do moving forward. But as always, a pleasure and big thanks to everybody listening. And check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.